This is Linux Reality, episode 33, XFCE. Hey everybody, this is Chess Griffin, and welcome back to another episode of Linux Reality. Uh, this is a podcast aimed at new Linux users and at uh, Windows and Mac users who've never tried Linux and thought about trying it, just need a little help. And you know, maybe I shouldn't call this podcast anymore. Um, it's funny because one of our listeners, Joe Linux, who's been posting in the forums, he posted something many months ago, um, sort of extorting me to uh, change the name of the of the show, or at least change the tagline from podcast to something else. And he and I emailed back and forth about it, and we posted in the forums about it. And you know, I always thought he had a pretty good idea, and I was just kind of, I don't know, it's just laziness, you know. I mean, I've got the the website, the graphics all done, and I've got the, you know, I've got the the podcast uh, submitted in a bunch of different places, and I describe it as a podcast. But anyway, his point was, well, you know, podcast implies that you need an iPod, and it just kind of ties in Apple when it's not really necessary. Well, lo and behold, Leo Laporte is now on the same bandwagon, but Joe. I got to give it to you. You were the first one to bring it up, at least to me. I'm sure other people have thought about it before, but that's a pretty good point. I don't know. That's something maybe we ought to talk about some more. I got to think about how best to do that, but there is a good point to that, you know. I mean, um, uh, there's no need to to tie it into iPods. I mean, obviously, listening to a podcast has nothing to do with an iPod, uh, but maybe it should be called Netcast or I always I kind of liked AudioCast. If I had to pick something else, I'd probably go with AudioCast. Because then you could have a video cast, you know, for people who do video podcasts. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, let's see. Um, got a lot of great feedback from the episode last week, and uh, glad that glad that people enjoyed the the new the new format, if you will. It's not really all that new. Just reordering. I'll probably keep it that way. And uh, I got several more donations this week, and I really do appreciate it, guys. I I think I responded to everybody personally. That's what I try to do. Um, when folks do that, because that's just so generous. I really do appreciate it. It goes right to my hosting and my Libsyn fees. Um, so thanks very much. And I think this week what I was planning to talk about was uh, XFCE. I had said last week that I was going to start talking about some alternative window managers, alternative desktop environments, and so I thought I'd start with XFCE. And uh, and to, uh, to get myself in the mood, <laughs> I'm sitting here in front of my computer, and um, I'm using XFCE as we speak you know, recording this in Audacity, and uh, I go back and forth between XFCE and Fluxbox for the most part. Sometimes GNOME, but usually XFCE or Fluxbox or Openbox. I'll talk about some of those, you know, in, in the future as well, but I thought I'd talk about XFCE first. Uh, but before I get to that, a couple other things here. I just thought I'd kind of throw out some some sort of general things that I've been working on. Um, I had touched on this before, and what I'm doing right now is I'm actually working on getting a, a, a sort of standalone, almost ISP-level uh, server set up. There's a lot of good uh, how-tos out there on how to do this. And so basically what I'm talking about, is it's, it's, a, you know, it's a server that's obviously a web server, uh, an email server, FTP server. Um, oh, gosh, what else, what else am I getting set up on this thing? I don't know, a couple other things, but uh, I've got several different domains. Oh, you know, it's obviously something that can I can use, you know, um, MySQL. Obviously, some of the websites will use MySQL in the back end. And it's, I'm doing it um, strictly on Debian Sarge, uh, which I always really enjoy on the server. 
and it's been interesting. It's been, it's been, you know, I've got it pretty much configured. I've been doing it, uh, as I said, I've got a few servers here at home. I've got a web server, I've got a print server, and, um, I've, I've, I have done some email, I've done some, uh, email server stuff on my own server. Um, but, and my ISP allows it. Some ISPs block some of these ports. You can always move your, your mail service to a different port, but, um, but mine doesn't do that. But it, I just really hadn't really kept up with it all that much. Uh, but it's, it's pretty fun to do. So anyway, what I've done is I've got like a really cheap VPS. A VPS is a, is a virtual private server. And it uses, uh, Zen or Virtuoso or, or, you know, one of those other virtualization technologies. And it basically gives you what's almost a dedicated server. Obviously, it's a virtual server. Uh, as opposed to, you know, if you go out and get some shared web hosting space, you don't really have root access. A lot of times they give you shell access so you can SSH in. That's what I have on my current, current web host where I host the, you know, the Linux Reality website. Uh, it's just standard shared. It's actually a reseller account, but it's basically just a shared account. And I can SSH in, but I don't have root access or anything. So, but a VPS gives you full root access and you can pretty much do anything on it. And you can get a VPS for, you know, ten, twenty dollars a month or more. There are some that cost a whole lot more. And, uh, what I've done is there's a great website called Web Hosting Talk. Uh, it's a forum and it's one of these forums that's been around forever. You know, it's got hundreds of thousands of posts and, and it's all about web hosts and web hosting and, and dedicated servers and VPSs and, and shared service servers and stuff. And it's just, it's really interesting, um, forum. And they've got a sub form in there where web hosts can post, uh, specials. And so there's, a, and there's a VPS, uh, sub form in there. So I went in there one day a couple weeks ago and, uh, found a really cheap deal for a really cheap VPS. Uh, something I could play around with one, for one or two months. And just, uh, what, you know, what's great about it is, you know, you can, you know, you can, uh, reload the OS whenever you want. So if you just screw everything up, you can just go into the control panel, the virtuoso control panel or whatever, and it will just reinstall the entire operating system in like, you know, two minutes. And so it's great. So, um, I've been playing with, with IMAP and, and pop servers and, uh, um, FTP servers and just getting all that good stuff set up and, and, uh, setting up, uh, spam filtering and, and antivirus clam AV and spam assassin. And it's just, it's, it's really neat. And, uh, you can set up a server that's basically almost like a, a, a full fledged web host. I mean, it can be pretty powerful and you can run hundreds or thousands of domains and tons of emails, especially if you get the email set up where it accesses the, um, the user information in a database or something. And that way you don't need to set up user accounts or anything like that on the machine. You just, you know, it's all done through a database. But anyway, it's just, it's kind of fun to play with. If you ever, you know, felt like just messing around with, with, uh, you know, getting a server up and running from scratch, uh, you know, it might be worth checking out a VPS. You never know. It's just, like I said, for a relatively low uh, investment, $10, $20 per month, you can just do it for one or two months and then cancel it whenever you want after you've, you've tried it out. It's, you know, it's kind of fun. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I'll report back on my progress and, uh, and let you all know how that goes. So with that, let's get to the main segment of the show, XFCE. All right. Well, XFCE probably doesn't need much introduction for, for many folks. Uh, XFCE is another desktop environment. And, uh, let me sort of start at the beginning, at least for me personally. I remember when I first started using Linux, you know, uh, it took me a long time to get the concept that 
the desktop environment was separate from the operating system. I know that sounds so silly, but I think for new users, that's for some folks, that's kind of a unique or different way of looking at it. Because you know, you're coming from Windows or, or OS 10, where you're used to the desktop environment. You know, it it almost is the operating system. You're not used to separating the two. And I remember, I'll never forget downloading. I was running Mandrake. This was probably Mandrake 8.1. Uh, around that time, this is like 2001, 2002, and I decided to, you know, I was using KDE or something, I don't remember, and uh, maybe maybe the standard GNOME install, and I remember hearing about this Zimian desktop, and, you know, I didn't really get at the time what it was, so they had a, a way you could download the desktop, and it would download all the packages and reinstall everything, you know, it basically installed, a, a, you know, an updated uh, GNOME desktop, I mean, it was a Zimian GNOME desktop, and, uh, I'll never forget when I first did that, and then I had to, I think I had to reboot or log out, log back in, and everything was different. I, like, freaked out. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know where everything was, because I just didn't get the fact that the that the desktop was separate from the operating system. I, mean, I thought I had installed a different Linux or something, you know. So, And I talked about this when we were talking about desktop environments several, you know, quite a ways back. But the desktop environment, the graphical user interface that you use, is on top of your operating system. I mean, it's on top of the X server, but, you know, kind of uh, making it very basic here, basically is on top of your operating system. So you have your operating system, and then when you log into the graphical environment, you can, you know, you can choose. You can choose what to log into, and it's different. I mean, KDE is one, and uh, GNOME is another. Those are the two main ones. Um, those are full-fledged desktop environments, and... I think this is not really a scientific term, but for me, a desktop environment is 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 a, a graphical user interface that's uh, full-fledged in the sense that it may have its own file manager, it may have its own audio applications, it may have its own, um, you know, uh, clocks and, and little applets for the taskbar. You know, it, it's a whole package. It comes with a bunch of pieces of software that supports uh, the user interface versus a window manager which we'll talk about in the next couple of episodes, which are just a way to draw windows. And then you have to add the other applications or you can kind of, you know, piece it all together yourself with the applications that you like. Uh, so uh, GNOME and, and KDE are the two main ones. And I've talked about them before, but XFCE is another one. I look at it as a desktop environment because it does provide other, it does provide some of the, these extra pieces uh, to go along with the, with the user interface. So XFCE is is a project. It's currently uh, this the stable version is 4.2 something. Uh, he's uh, the, the the main developer is currently working on the next version 4.4, and uh, but 4.2 is the version I'll be talking about because that's the current stable one and that's the one I'm mo I'm most used to. But XFCE it, it it comes with most Linux distributions, and if if it doesn't come by it default, you should be able to find a way to install it because it's it's pretty popular. Um, and it is a GTK2 based uh, environment, meaning uh, it it sort of it's like it's like GNOME. I mean, I've you know I've talked before about how KDE uses the Qt or the Qt toolkit, and uh, GNOME uses the GTK2 toolkit, and uh, XFCE also uses the GTK2. So if you like those types of applications, then it'll fit right in. And uh, what's nice about XFCE is it tends to be a little bit more reasonable on, on the memory, a little bit faster than GNOME or KDE perhaps, 
but it looks really nice, and it's very themable. And again, especially if you like GTK2 themes, you can use any of your GTK2 engines uh, in XFCE, and then you have to get you know different different window decorations. Um, the engine, the GTK2 engine, uh, the widget engine is is what controls uh, all the widgets. You know the buttons and the and the the colors scheme sort of. But the window manager usually has its own um, uh, theming capabilities, and and that's the way it is in in GNOME and, and KDE, and that's the way it is in XFCE as well. When you first run XFCE, at least the default setup, it looks what what looks sort of like OS 10, kind of, in the, in the sense that it's got a dock kind of thing at the bottom where you have icons and uh, and you have a little a little pager. Well, I think it's usually maybe up in the corner. See, I've got mine customized right now, so I can't remember the way it looks like in, in the default. But you have a, a smaller taskbar panel thing in the bottom where you can where you can put launchers and you can put uh, icons to to um, to run applications, and then along the top. Across the entire width of the screen at the top is is the taskbar, where your running uh, processes are will you know little little buttons will show for all the different windows you have open, and usually in the space in the upper right hand corner is also a notification area, where if you're running an application like say um, uh, Liferia, which is the uh, uh, the GNOME GTK2 RSS reader, or if you're running the the GNOME mail notification little little program it will set itself up in that little notification area up up there in the upper right hand corner of the taskbar one unfortunate problem with xfce 4.2 which i think has been fixed in 4.4 maybe not fixed i should say but added is the ability to use uh other gnome applets um, xfce has some of its own applets that you can run in the panel or in the notification area but it doesn't allow you to run other applets um, and so I think that's been added now in XFCE 4.4. That was the one thing that always kind of, you know, wish, you know, because I like some of the some of the applets that come with GNOME, like the weather applet and some of the other little applets that are out there, uh, and I'd love to be able to run those in XFCE. And there are ways to do it using uh, various other little um, little little like almost like little dock applets or something. But, but basically, it's kind of a it's, it's it's kind of a hack. It's not it's not really supported. So. Uh, but XFCE has its own sort of control panel or, you know, control center. They call it the settings manager. And in here you can go to configure the desktop and the display, the keyboard, the mouse. Uh, it even has its own little front end to cups. You'll see it's a button there called printing system, which is really just a front end to cups. And there's a way you can, you know, you can configure the taskbar. The user interface is where you can go to configure the theme and the sort of the, the look and feel. Um, now there's also an icon in here for file manager and it gives you some of the settings for XFFM which is the default XFCE file manager in XFCE 4.2 and below. And I hate to say it but XFFM sucks and it's it's the one downside to XFCE. So much so that it has been addressed and in XFCE 4.4 there will be a new file manager called Thunar. Uh, I've played around with it a little bit, but not too much. Like I said, I've really been sticking with 4.2, especially um, if you listen to Dave Yates's podcast, uh, the the a lot of Linux Links podcast. He, I think, has been a big XFCE user over the years and talks quite a bit about it. In fact, he did an episode. I don't remember the number. I don't have it handy, but 
about XFCE that's going to be a lot more detailed than mine. So if you want to know more about it, I definitely would go to lotolinuxlinks.com and go back into his archive and look for the one where he talks about XFCE. But anyway, he, he has talked about 4.4 in, um, in Ubuntu. I think, I think it is because I guess they're shipping with a beta version of 4.4 and it doesn't sound like he's too happy with it. My limited experience with it has been kind of so-so as well. I've heard good things about it, and I've read good things about it, so I'm just kind of, you know, I'm not messing around with it until it's stable and final, and then I'll check it out for sure. So anyway, getting back to XFCE Settings Manager, there's places in here you can set the sound and the and the splash screen and the all different kinds of things in here. The other thing about XFCE 4.4 is it has um, a root menu that's available in in the by, by, by a right click on the mouse. So if you right-click on your mouse uh, somewhere on the desktop, you'll see a menu tree come up. Now, this is going to be a common feature you'll see in some of these alternative desktop environments and window managers. Fluxbox does this and Openbox, and a lot of them use this root menu idea with a, with a, with a mouse click. And in here is a full set, is a full menu of just about, it should be almost every application you have on your system. I have found that XFCE is really good about finding all the applications and putting them in the menu. Both KDE and GNOME are not as good. KDE is not bad. Uh, GNOME not so great sometimes at adding things to the menu. Um, in fact, GNOME doesn't even have a menu editor, you know, that's officially supported. I think 2.16, it's, it's now an official part of GNOME. There has been other menu, there have been menu editors along the way. The most recent one is a la carte, and I think that's the one that comes with 2.16, but, uh, but GNOME does not really have a way to edit its menus. And now that I think about it, well, there is a way to edit the XFCE menus here somewhere. Yeah, there, in the settings, there's a menu editor icon, and I think you can go in there and, and, and edit the menu. Uh, but this root menu has, um, uh, sub, you know, sub menus for all your different applications. And like I said, Everything should be pretty much in here. Now you can, uh, if you want, um, you know, add things, especially in the top half of the menu of this root menu. What's real nice is if you go into the menu editor, you can add shortcuts to your favorite applications uh, right there. And that's what I do. I have a shortcut for the terminal, for my file manager, web browser, and um, uh, something else here. I can't even tell what it is, but. Uh, those are just, you know, that's in the root menu, you can add shortcuts to some of your favorite applications. You can obviously add shortcuts to the panel down there below. And what's also really neat is you can add, if you go into the panel and just right click and you click on add new item, there's lots of things you can add. Some of these are like the little applets I was talking about, some of the XFCE applets. Uh, let me pause right there. To get some of these additional applets for the panel, you may have to install a package called XFCE4 goodies. And uh, in some in some distributions, that's a separate package. So I think in the distributions I use, that's a separate package. So you'd want to install XFCE4 goodies as well as XFCE4 itself. And the goodies package will give you some of these additional uh, panel applets and and little little items that you can add, but you'll see in here there's like you know battery monitor, CPU graph, uh, you know desktop switcher. Uh, there's a, there's a pager, you know where you can where you can have a graphical you know, your four, your four little workplaces, your four little uh, desktops. Uh, there's you know a mail checker and the thing to show you your uh, internet load and system load and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but one thing that's kind of neat is you can add something called a launcher. Now, a launcher is um, 
a, a nifty little, I mean, it's basically a way for you to add an entry um, for a shortcut, you know, like a like an icon shortcut. So you can add a launcher for Firefox, let's say. But what's really neat is you can also add uh, what's called a menu. It says there will be a little toggle, little button there. You can click, and it says attach menu to the launcher. And by doing that, it will actually give you a little pop-up menu next to the icon so you can add more items without filling up the panel. So in other words, you could let's say you add a launcher for Firefox and you add a little menu next to it. And you go into the menu and you can add more launchers. So for more browsers, you could have um, you could have Firefox as the main icon in the panel, but you could have other browsers in the launcher that's that you that you get right next to the Firefox icon. You could have all your other browsers. Uh, which is so that's really kind of cool. It's 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 also called a drawer in GNOME. I think is something similar to that. At least in the old GNOME, they had something called the drawer. Same idea. It's a it's a launcher, but with a little menu attached to it where you can add more launchers. So that's kind of a kind of a neat little thing to have. The other thing you'll notice about XFCE uh, once you start using it is that is that there's no desktop icons uh, and there's no uh, native way to add desktop icons for XFCE. Now I think XFCE 4.4 does add desktop icon support, uh, but there are other ways to do it in current XFCE. There are applications out there that will let you, that will add icons to any desktop. Uh, and one is one is called A-Desklets. That's one that I've used before. Uh, there's one called iDesk, I think it is, and that will let you add icons to the desktop. A desklets is really easy. It's um, uh, there's a there's a there's lots of different you know it's almost like it's it's like the G desklets that you may have used in GNOME or like Super Caramba and KDE where you can add other things to the desktop like a menu I mean like a weather output and stuff like that. But there's a there's a with A desklets there's a pan, there's different panels that you can add uh, to the desktop for icon support. And like I said, iDesk is another one, and there's several others out there. And it's basically a little package that you would set up to run before XFCE runs or just after it runs, and it will add uh, icons to the desktop. Another way to add icons to the desktop is to allow um, something else to take over your desktop. For example, uh, if you run Nautilus uh, by itself, the Nautilus file manager will take over your desktop and will start displaying whatever icons you had on your GNOME desktop. Now you can run Nautilus without that um, by passing along. I think it's it's dash dash no dash desktop. Uh, so if you were to create an icon shortcut to Nautilus in the command line, you would put Nautilus space dash dash no desktop with a hyphen in there, and that will run Nautilus without taking over the desktop. But that's that's another way to get icons on your desktop is by is by letting Nautilus manage the desktop. But basically, you know, XFCE does not really have native uh, icon support on the desktop, at least current at least current versions of XFCE. Some people don't like that. I personally like that. I don't like having many icons on my desktop. I tend to keep it very clean, so it doesn't really bother me. But some people are very used to it. I prefer to add icons to the panel or to the to the root menu, you know, that you get off the the mouse right click or something like that. But it it, it is a feature of XFCE that has been changed in in the upcoming versions. And XFCE comes with all your standard basic stuff like a clock and a calendar and 
Uh, like I said, it has some uh, some other little nifty programs. XFCE 4.4 adds some additional applications. I think there's now an audio player, maybe, and a DVD player, I believe, for XFCE 4.4. And so they've added some additional applications in addition to the new file manager, Thunar. So uh, uh, there will be some, some, some new things with XFCE 4. It will be pretty exciting to see. Now, if you use XFCE uh, 4.2, the current version of XFCE, and you want to use a different file manager other than uh, XFFM, which is the one that comes with it, let me throw out a couple options. I've mentioned some of these in the past, and I told you before how much I like file managers. I don't really know why, but um, I just think file managers are cool. Uh, uh, email FM2 is one. I've just talked about it before, or MELFM2. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's basically a standard two-pane. It's a GTK2 application, two-pane, so no icons. Um, it's kind of like Norton Commander, which I really like that that kind of file manager. Uh, another one is Rocks Filer. I use Rocks Filer a lot as well. Uh, if you go to, if you look for Rocks, um, you'll see that there, the Rocks um, software is actually a full-fledged desktop environment in and of itself. It's called Rock Des- Rocks Desktop, but a lot of people just use the file manager that comes with it, and that that's called Rocks Dash Filer. So I've used that, and that's that's pretty cool as well. Um, there's Thunar, of course. There's people who are using Thunar now. There's PC Man FM, which is one that's another GTK2, very lightweight, tiny file manager, which is which is pretty cool. And uh, there's a whole bunch of others. Um, there's actually a file manager called Gen2. I've used that in the past. Doesn't have anything to do with the Gen2 distribution, but it's another uh, kind of two-pane file manager. And of course, you can use Conquer too. I've got friends of mine who use XFCE and, and use Conquer because they just they love Conquer so much. And you can use Nautilus as well, of course. Just like I said, if you want to use Nautilus, the file manager, without having it take over the desktop, just make sure you pass along that no desktop flag uh, in your command when you when you launch it. That's that's pretty important. Otherwise, it will take over your desktop. So uh, that's kind of XFCE in a nutshell, um, kind of high level and brief, I realize, but um, but it's a great desktop environment. If you like GTK2 especially, I think you'll really like XFCE4 uh, because it kind of gives you sort of that GNOME feel, but without it being GNOME itself. And it is definitely lighter. I mean, it's not tiny by any means. It's not super lightweight like some of the other uh, window managers that are out there. But it's still pretty nice, and it's pretty full-featured, and it can look really, really good, especially if you get some nice GTK2 themes and some good uh, window ma- window dressing uh, for the um, XFCE window manager. It can look it can look pretty cool. So, like I said, if you want more detail, check out uh, Dave's uh, podcast about it, uh, and I think you'll I think you'll find that you um, that you'll enjoy it. So, with that, let's check out a couple of listener tips. To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see esk, Kataral, and pig up. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Hi, Chess. This is John calling from Toronto. Really enjoying your podcast, finding it uh, really useful, and it's teaching me a few new things. I had a tip for users who are using uh, Debian or one of its derivatives, such as the increasingly popular Ubuntu Linux, and it has to do with installing applications uh, which are not in the repository, so you can't use Synaptic, or uh, 
you can't get a, a DEB file. Let's say you go to the website to download the software and it's available only in an RPM file, which is meant for a uh, Red Hat based distribution such as Red Hat or Fedora or Mandriva, or is only available in source. So, and, and there's no dev file at all. So one option is to look at a program called Alien, uh, spelled A-L-I-E-N. And what this program does is it can take an RPM file and convert it into a .deb file, which Ubuntu or any other Debian-based uh, distribution can install. Um, so all you have to do is run sudo app-get install alien. Um, and then from the command line, uh, if you download an RPM file, try uh, sudo alien um, and then the file name .rpm. For some files, there are some other commands you have to explore. Once you've converted into a uh, DEB file, then you can go sudo space d pkg space dash i and then the file name dot uh, deb and although it won't always work uh, sometimes or quite often actually it will install uh, it's it's I've used it a number of times to install software and it hasn't let me down so far so I figured uh, some people might find this useful anyway like I said uh, great show keep it up and we'll talk to you soon bye bye hi Chess this is Brad from Virginia after listening to episode 30, I wanted to send in a command line user tip. It is possible to embed one command within another, or in other words, use the output of one command as the input of another, similar to the pipe command. Linux and Unix commands are files, generally small utilities which do one or two things very well. Let us suppose we wish to determine the file type of a command we wish to run. To find the location of the command, we use the which command which will tell us the location in our path of this command. Since you can have multiple instances of a command in your path, which identifies the first instance of this command, therefore the one that will be executed when we type that command. Let's use the example of GCC. On my Debian box, typing which GCC displays slash user slash bin slash GCC. The output of the command can be passed into the file command. The file command displays the type of file. This can be binary, Perl or bash script, or symbolic link. On Debian-based machines, it is possible to install multiple versions of GCC. For instance, GCC versions 2.95, 3.2, 3.3, 4.0, and 4.1 are all installed, and GCC is symbolically linked to the right version. Hence, typing the command which slash user slash bin slash gcc will return slash user slash bin slash gcc symbolic link to gcc 4.1. Suppose we don't know the location of a command or that we have multiple installations of a command such as a version of Apache in slash user slash sbin and another in slash user slash local slash sbin and aren't sure which one is being executed. In this case, we can use the which command to determine the location of the command and pass this directly to the file command using the backtick. The backtick, which is next to the one key on most American keyboards, is used like a quotation mark and encloses the which command. So, to find out the file type of a command which you are unsure of the location, you would type file backtick which gcc backtick. 
The command enclosed in the backticks is executed first, and the output of that is passed to the command outside of the backticks. Hence, you would say, file, backtick, which GCC, backtick, and it would return, slash user, slash bin, slash GCC, symbolic link to GCC 4.1. Keep up the good work, Chess. I'm not exactly a new Linux user. I've been using Linux for about 12 years. I started with Slackware, have used Red Hat, and currently use Debian on my 10 machines at home, and CentOS and Red Hat at work. You, Dave Yates, the TLLTS and Lug Radio guys, and others have almost convinced me to start my own podcast, if I can find time to do so. You guys are very good at what you do. I hope you had a good vacation. Thanks. Message for you, son. Thanks, guys, for those great listener tips. Um, I got a lot of uh, email, and I've got a few that I wanted to that I pulled out that I wanted to read uh, for this week. And uh, the first one is actually from Brad. He's the one who just read that, uh, who just did that last listener tip. And uh, Brad sent an email along with it that I thought was kind of interesting, where he kind of goes in a little bit more detail, so I thought I'd go ahead and read it. He says, Hey, Chess, I've been listening to Linux Reality more or less since the beginning, and while I'm not by any stretch a new user, I've learned a lot from your show. I have been a sysadmin for almost 12 years using most of the major Linux distributions, SunOS, Solaris, Digital Unix, HP, UX, and others. I found that your show has filled in gaps in knowledge in areas in which I have not worked in a long time, or areas that I have no experience. For instance, having worked on Nix this long, I tend to wind up doing things on the command line and in a lot of cases are not aware of a GUI solution. I usually do apt-get update, apt-get upgrade rather than using Synaptic. In any case, thanks for doing your show. I listen to most of the Linux and a number of other podcasts. With commutes of two hours each way, I have plenty of time to listen. I'm actually trying to find time and line up a co-host to do a Linux and open source security podcast. Now, that would be cool, Brad. Right now, time is the main issue because my minimum workday is 12 hours and my weekends are spent restoring my bike, leaking gas tank 1985 Kawasaki Vulcan. I'm trying to get it fixed so I can ride it before I run out of warm weather. If you have any suggestions other than doing what Dave does for minimizing the time investment, let me know. That was from Brad. Uh, well, Brad, that's great. Thanks for that email. And, again, thanks so much for that uh, for the tip as well. Um, I think doing that podcast sounds like a great idea. You should definitely do that. See if you can find a co-host who could who could do it with you, uh, someone who's you know maybe another sysadmin like yourself. You know, guys who've got a lot of uh, Linux experience, a lot of uh, you know Linux and, and security experience. I think that would be really cool. Uh, so you know, I wish you the best of luck as far as how to do it. Um, I would definitely start you know start easy, and I just started with recording onto an iRiver. Uh, which works really well. The only the only difficulty and um, uh, something that I've now been able to, to avoid is is all the post production when you record that way. I mean, especially with the way I do the show. Now, it's because I splice everything up and have all these little segments. If I just had a beginning, I mean, if I just had like one whole you know straight through with just a music at the end or music at the beginning, music music at the end, it wouldn't be so bad. But if you're going to cut it up, it's kind of a pain. So. Uh, what I do now is I, I just kind of almost record it live right into Audacity and, and mix the music in as I as I go along. So, uh, but good luck, Brad, and thanks again so much for that email and the uh, and the listener tip. 
All right, got an email here from Jeff. And Jeff says, Dear Chess, I have emailed before, but I just wanted to say that I really enjoy your podcast. Also, I had a lot of fun listening to you and Dave on the lot of Linux, uh, excuse me, <laughs> on the Linux Link Tech Show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jess. Uh, Jeff, P.S. I'm helping my neighbor to convert from Windows to Linux and your podcast has been instrumental. Well, Jeff, that's very cool. And I'm really glad that you enjoyed hearing us on the Linux Link Tech Show. It was very cool. A lot of fun. And uh, uh, thanks so much for your other emails. I, I certainly did get them. Like I said, I read every single email I get. Can't always respond, but I do get every single one. So thanks so much, Jeff. And uh, last email I'll read here is from Andrew. And uh says, hello, my name is Andrew, and I just got a 30-gig iPod video, and I ran across your podcast. And I'm 16 years old, just getting into Linux, and your show has answered a lot of questions within the first two episodes. So I think I'm going to learn a lot from your series. So I just want to say thanks for starting the show, and I'll keep a constant watch for your on your episodes coming out. And if you could say thanks, Andrew T., for your email on the show, that will make a big difference. Anyway, good show. Keep it up, and I'll be listening. Well... Thanks, Andrew T., for your email. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, and he sent me a really cool picture of, like, a fighter jet. So uh, it says here, USAF Auxiliary. Man, that's pretty cool. You're 16 years old. Um, but uh, I I really enjoyed that. That was a great email. And thanks, Andrew. Uh, please do, uh, you know, stay subscribed and, and let all your friends know about us. I mean, that's what we're trying to do is uh, spread the gospel, so to speak. Tell the world about Linux and all this great stuff we got going on. So, all right. Well, let's see. I think that's it for this week as far as the listener feedback goes. Um, like I said, please keep it coming. Keep the listener tips coming and uh, send your audio feedback too. I really do enjoy the audio feedback in addition to the uh, in, in, you know in addition to the emails, of course. So it's just so cool to hear you guys in your own voice. With that, I think it's time to wrap it up. guys well uh thanks again for listening and uh, uh tuning in this week sure do appreciate it thanks so much for staying subscribed and hanging in there um i think we've got some really cool things coming up i've got i started you know almost like a new outline of stuff i want to get to so i think we've got some really cool things and we're going to continue with this um uh, desktop environment window manager stuff for the next couple of weeks because i think we've got several to talk about so i think that should be kind of fun and uh, we'll get to some other good good stuff along the way as well. Uh, thanks again for uh, doing those votes there at the podcastalley.com uh, website. Although, of course, if we don't call this a podcast anymore, I don't know if I can still refer people to that website. You know, there's maybe somebody needs to do an audio cast alley. I don't know. Anyway, um, thanks for that, and thanks for sending all the listener tips and the, and the emails. Uh, check out the Linux Reality homepage for the voicemail numbers, as well as the link to the audio, or excuse me, the audio web-based voicemail system as well. Uh, let's see. I think that's about everything I've got for this week. So it's been a really crazy week for me at home, and um, I think it's going to let up at least a little bit, I hope. So I'll catch you all next time. In the meantime, this has been Episode 33 of Linux Reality. Take care. Bye-bye.